Welcome back to the MedBullet Step 1 podcast. In this episode, we go over the topic of structure and function of MHC from the immunology section on MedBullets.com. Let's start this topic with a brief introduction. Major histocompatibility complexes, or MHCs, are cell surface-expressed proteins that bind to protein peptides in a surface groove. They present bound peptides to receptors on circulating T-cells. They participate in the activation of the adaptive immune response. MHC are encoded by HLA genes that are localized to several different genetic regions. Different HLA regions encode for different types of MHC. Allogenic MHC can be recognized by T-cells of the adaptive immune system. Mismatch of MHC is an important cause of transplant rejection. Let's now discuss the MHC classes. There are two different classes of MHC encoded in the human genome. Class 1 MHC usually presents endogenous antigens to CD8-positive killer T-cells. Class 2 MHC usually presents endocytosed antigens to CD4-positive helper T-cells. Antigens may be, quote, cross-presented by the other MHC class in some cases. The two MHC classes differ in several characteristics, including HLA loci that encodes the gene, sites of expression, protein structure, antigen loading site, antigen loading mechanism, and binding partners. Let's now discuss differences between MHC classes. We'll go over each feature as it relates to MHC class 1 and MHC class 2. Let's start with the HLA loci. The MHC class 1 HLA loci are HLA-A, HLA-B, HLA-C, and they are all one letter. The MHC class 2 HLA loci are HLA-DP, HLA-DQ, HLA-DR, and they are all two letters. Next, let's discuss the site of expression. The MHC class 1 site of expression is in all nucleated cells and platelets. The MHC class 2 site of expression is in antigen-presenting cells. Next, let's discuss the protein structure. The MHC class 1 protein structure is one long chain composing antigen binding site and one short chain called beta-2 microglobulin. The MHC class 2 protein structure is two equal length chains. Note that there is also an additional invariant chain. Next, let's discuss the antigen loading site. The MHC class 1 antigen loading site is the rough endoplasmic reticulum, or RER. The MHC class 2 antigen loading site is acidified endosomes. Next, let's discuss loading mechanism. In terms of the MHC class 1 loading mechanism, endogenous proteins are degraded by the proteasome. Antigenic peptides are transported into the RER by the TAP transporter. Antigens bind to MHC molecules directly. In terms of the MHC class 2 loading mechanism, exogenous proteins are endocytosed from the cell surface, antigens are produced by degradation within the endosomal compartment, and antigens bind to MHC molecules after release of the invariant chain. Next, let's discuss binding partners. The binding partners of MHC class 1 are T-cell receptors and the CD8 co-receptor. The binding partners of MHC class 2 are T-cell receptors and CD4 co-receptor. Let's now discuss disease associations of MHC. Each individual possesses a set of MHC class 1 and class 2 subtypes. 
These, quote, haplotypes define the peptides that will be recognized. Some haplotypes are associated with specific diseases because they may preferentially bind to certain self-peptides or lead to a failure of immune tolerance. Let's discuss the MHC subtypes associated with diseases in more detail. We'll talk about the various different class 1 haplotypes and their respective associated diseases, along with class 2 haplotypes and their respective associated diseases. The first in the category of class 1 haplotypes is A3. The associated disease of A3 is hemochromatosis. Next is B8. The associated diseases for B8 include Addison disease, myasthenia gravis, and Graves disease. And the third class 1 haplotype is B27. The associated diseases of B27 include psoriatic arthritis, ankylosing spondylitis, inflammatory bowel disease, and reactive arthritis. Now let's discuss class 2 haplotypes. The first in the category of class 2 haplotypes is DQ2 and DQ8. The disease associated with DQ2 and DQ8 is celiac disease. Next is DR2. The diseases associated with DR2 include multiple sclerosis, hay fever, systemic lupus erythematosus, and Goodpasture syndrome. Next is DR3. DR3's associated conditions include diabetes mellitus type 1, systemic lupus erythematosus, Graves' disease, Hashimoto thyroiditis, and Addison disease. Next is DR4. The associated diseases of DR4 include rheumatoid arthritis, diabetes mellitus type 1, and Addison disease. And last is DR5. The associated diseases of DR5 include pernicious anemia and Hashimoto thyroiditis. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over one question to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. A 37-year-old female presents to her primary care physician because of persistent joint pain. She notes that she has also experienced chest pain that worsens with inhalation several times over the last six months. She feels fatigued at times and has noticed ulcers in her mouth. Physical exam reveals a spreading malar skin rash on the face and conjunctival pallor. Based on clinical suspicion, an antibody panel is sent and returns positive for antinuclear antibodies or ANAs and anti-small nuclear ribonucleoproteins or SNRNPs. The patient asks whether there is a genetic predisposition to this disease and is informed that specific human leukocyte antigen or HLA subtypes are associated with her condition. Which of the following diseases is also linked to one of the same HLA subtypes as this patient's disease? 1. Ankylosing spondylitis 2. Celiac disease 3. Goodpasture syndrome 4. Myasthenia gravis or 5. Rheumatoid arthritis. And the correct answer choice is answer choice 3, good pasture syndrome. This patient's presentation is most consistent with systemic lupus erythematosus, or SLE, which is associated with the human leukocyte antigen, or HLA groups DR2 and DR3. Good pasture syndrome is also associated with HLA DR2. 
Remember, joint pain can have many causes and often must be distinguished by surrounding features. In this case, fatigue with conjunctival pallor is a classic combination for anemia. Chest pain worse with inhalation usually comes from some degree of pleural inflammation and eventual fibrosis. The rash is the classic, quote, malar rash, and the mouth ulcers are examples of oral or nasopharyngeal ulcers. Together, these symptoms are consistent with a diagnosis of lupus as confirmed by the antibody tests. Though ANAs are nonspecific, anti-SNRNPs, also known as anti-Smith antibodies, are specific to lupus even without prognostic value. Lupus is linked to the HLA-DR2 and DR3 subtypes. HLA-DR2 is also associated with hay fever, good pasture syndrome, and multiple sclerosis. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 1, ankylosing spondylitis, is a seronegative spondyloarthropathy along with psoriatic arthritis, IBD, and reactive arthritis, or PEAR. These diseases are all linked to the HLA-B27 subtype. Answer choice 2, celiac disease, can present with systemic symptoms such as dermatitis herpetiformis, but is not usually associated with arthritis. It is linked with HLA subtypes DQ2 and DQ8. Answer choice 4, myasthenia gravis presents with muscle weakness and is associated with HLA subtype B8. Addison's disease is also linked to the same subtype. And finally, answer choice 5, rheumatoid arthritis is a common cause of joint pain and is linked to the HLA DR4 subtype. The mnemonic to remember is a room for rheumatoid has four walls. In summary, systemic lupus erythematosus is associated with the HLA-DR2 subtype. Other autoimmune diseases associated with HLA-DR2 include hay fever, multiple sclerosis, and good pasture syndrome. And that's all for this review about the structure and function of MHC. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session by MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on MedBullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the MedBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from these MedBullets Step 1 podcasts so far, please consider leaving us a 5-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Also, if you are not already, be sure to follow MedBullets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for daily high-yield content. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullet Step 1 podcast.